0: It's Beautiful Anonymous, one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred.
1: I'd rather go one-on-one, I
0: think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here, and you might be going, wait, what, it's not Tuesday? Beautiful Anonymous, it's showing up in my feed again? Yes, that's right, guess what? We get to just give you some stuff for free once in a while. Ad-free. Something from Beautiful Cononymous. So happy to bring it to you. Always have had freedom with the, the feet of the show, but it's really nice to have flexibility now as an independent show to just go, what's the best way to handle this? Let's just put it out there. No ads, all for free for the enjoyment of the community. Now, if you have not listened to episode 69 of the show, you're going to want to listen to that before you listen to this. It's titled Love is Everywhere. It's by far one of the most emotionally impactful calls we've ever done. It's a very difficult call in a lot of ways, but it changed me as a person and as an artist. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that when you hear this recording from Beautiful Cononymous back in May. We had the con. We did a bunch of live calls. We met past callers. We had a big event where people could come and go and talk one-on-one with past callers and One of the callers who returned was uh, my friend, who I now know is named Heidi, from the call. And if you remember that call, she talked about what it was like as a mom to navigate the cancer diagnosis of her daughter, Holly. And it was hard, but in so many ways, beautiful and brave. And we heard a tidal wave of reaction to that episode from people saying that it helped them. And I'm immensely blown away by that call purely because of everything that Heidi put out there, let alone the fact that I was a small part of it by hosting the show is something that I can't even really explain my feelings on. I can't even really explain it. But what I can tell you is that we had a show as part of Beautiful Chrononymous. It was a waffle breakfast we raised a bunch of money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation's Oregon chapter who helped Heidi and her family as everything was unfolding. Proud of that. And we took calls where Heidi and I were on stage together. We took some rapid fire calls with the topic of what does love is everywhere mean to you? You'll understand the impact of that question if you've listened to our prior call titled Love is Everywhere. And people called in and they had different takes on it. And at times it was really beautiful. At times it was tough. I, I was doing my best to host live. Heidi, who was nervous about doing it, she's not a live performer, got up there and you will hear it was so charming and connected with people. And it's a very unique experience. It's a very unique call. Andrea and I were talking about, you know, we've got a whole lot of unreleased audio from the show's past and Beautiful Cononymous, Chief Among the Show's Past, What do we do with it? We said with this one, we're not going to put ads in it. We're not going to try to put it behind a paywall of any sort. Let's put it out there. So you will now hear the calls from our waffle breakfast at Beautiful Cononymous, where it's myself and Heidi, the caller from episode 69, Love is Everywhere, as we take rapid fire calls on the topic of what does Love is Everywhere mean to you. Cannot stress how much this show has made me grow as a human, how lucky I feel to be a part of the community that surrounds it let alone the steward of that community, steward, I said that with a jersey, that's how we would say it in Jersey, steward, steward of that community. Um, Point being, this episode is very unique. It's not the regular pace or rhythm or flow that you're used to, but it's a glimpse of what happened on stage at Beautiful Cononymous as we raised a bunch of money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. feel really, really lucky that we got to do it, and I hope that you get something out of it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the final day of Beautiful Anonymous. Uh, thanks, everybody, so much for coming out. And uh, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll tell you what. I think we all picked up on the fact that the waffle truck was a little bit late today. I think we all picked up on that. And you might say, I, Chris, when the waffle truck wound up being almost an hour and a half late to the fundraiser for the Make-A-Wish Foundation show, Did that get under your skin? And I will say, it did. But then I had a bite of that waffle, and I said, oh, I can't stay mad at you, Waffles and Iggy's. It was a good waffle. Did you guys all enjoy your waffles? After all, you all feel like our bellies are full. That's incredible. Thank you so much for coming out. Um, I like that we're ending on a a quieter, more intimate day here. Some of our friends from throughout the weekend have gone home. But I'm so psyched you're all here. And just so you guys know, this is a, a tribute call, effectively, to... Probably the episode of the show that kind of changed me the most. And I I will speak to that in a few minutes. Episode 69. And I hate it. I'll say this. Here's some behind-the-scenes info. I hate that it's episode 69. (laughs) Of all episodes, to be the love is where... That is very, very much on brand for my exact luck. Of course. Of course. That one gets the funny number. I can't wait to see what episode 420 is going to be. Like, well... (laughs) See someday, um, but but it, it was a very very impactful, meaningful call, and uh, and and in the course of the call, I'm certain everybody heard it. Um, we heard from a mom who at the time was uh, in a hospital situation, waiting to hear about results regarding her daughter's cancer, and then we later heard a follow up call that. Her daughter passed away, and the whole community rallied hard around this call, and it it changed me in so many ways. And uh, just so you guys know, in case you're unaware, by coming to the show today and buying a ticket, we're doing a thing for the rest of the month of May where we're going to have a phone number that will not go public, and that's the phone number we'll be using for all the calls in May. We opened it up exclusively for people who bought tickets right here. We also had a donation-only ticket for people not in New York or who couldn't make the show, and all of that money is going towards the Oregon branch of the Oregon—sorry about that—Oregon branch of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, who helped the family so much. And um, yeah, thank you so much. And I'm pretty psyched about how it went. And I have a very special co-host for this episode. We're going to be taking about 15 to 20 calls. Uh, all of them about three minutes long on the topic of what does love is everywhere mean to you and I think it'll be a lovely day for all of us to get together and co-hosting this with me uh, someone who I said would you like to come up and co-host and she said that sounds sort of nerve-wracking but if you're saying it's gonna work let's do it everybody this is Heidi Bruno who you might know as the caller from love is everywhere come on out Heidi come on out. you can sit there welcome welcome Thank you, as always, for trusting me, trusting me with your story, you know, on your, on your calls and also today, because you t- expressed that this is not totally your comfort zone.
2: No, I'm very nervous.
0: Yeah. yeah I think it'll <laughs> go okay. But I trust okay. you. I, if there's one thing I'll say, I think these people are on your side. I yes, think that that's, that's fair, fair okay. to say. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Have you been enjoying the weekend?
2: Yes. It's been a wonderful weekend. Met so many neat people and just feel so lucky to be here.
0: That's good. I wanted to tell you, I was thinking about what to say at the top of the show. And I wanted to bring you out first before I said this, Um, and I might get upset during this, but I also, on a personal level, outside, you know, obviously the content of your call really um, rocked me. But there have been other calls that dealt with subject matter that was, you know, hard to hear, um, tragic things. But I just wanted to tell you that I've had a very strange, this weekend's been very strange for me. I was talking with Tim from the record store yesterday yesterday. And he was telling me, he was like, I've been listening back to a bunch of the early episodes. And he's like, it's really funny because in the beginning, you were like really manic and comedy guy and talking all about your TV show. And then I got to like hear about your opinions as your TV show failed. And then I got to hear you be kind of bitter that Beautiful Anonymous was bigger than your TV show ever was. And he's like, and then I just listened to you chill out. And now you have a kid. And he's like, it's weird because Beautiful Anonymous is sort of like it's all the individual calls, but then it's also sort of the story of this guy growing up a little bit more each week. And I, I, I that really rang true, and I was like, man, like you really do kind of hear me avoiding having to grow up kicking and screaming for the first year of the show. And I feel like there's probably a lot of people who listen to it who were like, dude, you got to let the past be the past because the present seems good. And I was the last one to realize that in many ways. But I can tell you, the reason I was thinking about it in context of this show is because... Um, I I, I will never forget so distinctly realizing in a very real way that when we got off the phone, I was a different person and a different artist, and my priorities have never been what they used to be, and it's been much less ego-driven for me since our call. And uh, I came to really, I think for the first time, it got through my thick skull, like that this show was what it was and not what I had intended it to be. And I've thought a lot about it. And this is not something I'm just saying to blow smoke, but as like a, an artist of, like, I've lived as an artist of, of success, but I've never been a mainstream name. And as someone who's like a mid-level successful artist, I do think a lot about like, oh, I don't, what's the thing people are going to remember? And, and I sometimes sit there, I go, when I'm on my deathbed, I think a lot of people would, like, the fans of my TV show would say, like, oh, that dumpster episode, that's the thing. Or a lot of people would say, your HBO special. But I can tell you, I I have said over and over again, if there's one thing, if people are like, I'm going to give your art one chance, what should I do? I say, episode 69, love is everywhere, beautiful anonymous. It's the thing I'm probably most proud of that I was a part of. So thank you for letting me be a part of it.
2: Thank you for letting me share my story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, please. Thank you for... Thank you for helping facilitate my uh, my growing up and prioritizing the right things as an artist after years of prioritizing things that were slightly off kilter, or or, or at the very least realizing it was time to evolve. You really did teach me that. So I, I think
2: thank that's you. what Holly taught me too, right? She just put life in a totally different perspective.
0: So. And Holly, you just celebrated what would have been her 16th birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Last week. And so much of your family is here. I want to say hi to the Bruno family, mm-hmm. everybody. Yep. Uh, they should not be the only ones clapping for themselves, everybody. We should, that should be a more thorough... That should be quicker next time. It should be a more... Quick... <laughs> I told you I was going to cry, and I've already choked up once. I already choked up once. Anyway, um, I think you wanted to let us know why it was important for you to dedicate the show to Make-A-Wish when I reached out to you. I, I said I would like to do this. Obviously, there was a lot of talk of waffles in the initial call, and... Uh, and I said I had this idea for the waffle brunch. Why Make-A-Wish? I, I know you wanted to let us know a little bit.
2: Yeah. So I, um, I, I'm actually just going to read something that I've, I've written a lot about my experience with Holly. And this was just, it's just a few minutes. And I have some beautiful pictures that you can um, look at of Holly as well. Just so you understand the power of Make-A-Wish. I couldn't have understood had I not been through what we have been through. So um, if you'll just bear with me for just a few minutes while I share this. Any child diagnosed with cancer is eligible for, to wish for just about whatever they want through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. We spent many hours during the first 10 months of Holly's treatment dreaming about what her wish would be. When a child is stuck in a hospital bed for a good portion of her third grade year, it's remarkably helpful to have things to dream about and look forward to. And one of Holly's earliest wishes will always make me smile was the wish for an entire room full of donuts. <laughs> As great as I'm sure that sounded to a little girl, I helped her realize she could dream a little bigger, and it didn't take long for her to have her heart set on a a trip to Disney World with her whole family. We live on the West Coast, and so flying, I think it was one of the first times she'd flown, and um, that was a big adventure for her. We wanted to wait until she was completely healthy to be able to enjoy it, and so we scheduled it for a year after her treatments would be finished. But when her cancer relapsed just months before we were supposed to go on the trip, um, our family mourned that we would most likely not be able to go on this experience together. Um, The doctors no longer thought they could cure Holly's cancer and that the treatments would just prolong her life and not save it. And we knew that these memories were more important than ever. But taking a sick little girl to an amusement park felt more like a nightmare than a dream. So we considered postponing the trip, but uh, time was no longer really a luxury that we had, and so we instead stopped treatments for a few weeks so that her body could heal from all the effects from the treatment. Um, Every day leading up to her trip, she was a little stronger and a little happier and a little more like herself, and. We savored those good days and watched and wonder that a young child with such a life-threatening illness could be so happy. As a reward for three full days involving five different scans and lots of pokes and hours of lying perfectly still, Holly got her ears pierced and she picked blue stars that were designed after the Make-A-Wish logo and she beamed from ear to ear when she looked at herself in the mirror. Those sparkly blue earrings matched her Make-A-Wish party where she was officially granted her wish. A few days later, we packed our bags, woke up in the middle of the night, and loaded into a fancy limo van that was waiting in our driveway to take us on our adventure. And then we forgot. As we flew across the country, we forgot that our little girl was in her second battle with cancer. As we walked the magical streets of Disney World, being enchanted by pirates and princesses, we forgot that the only way we could keep her with us was to make weekly trips to the hospital to fill her body with drugs that we could only hope would work. At SeaWorld, we watched the dolphins dance to music and laughed at the sea lion skit and forgot about the pokes and the tummy aches and the lost appetite. We were enchanted by the wizarding world of Harry Potter, and in a small wand shop crowded with people, Holly and I were chosen to be part of a wand pairing ceremony. In full character, the shopkeeper exclaimed, explained why the specific wands chose us. To Holly, he said, the wand of ivory will choose a wizard who is strong and determined and resilient. An excellent wand for healing, protection, and cooperation. And to me, he said, the wand of Reed will choose a wizard who will be a bold speaker, a great and protective friend. An excellent wand for enhancing protection and stability to spells. And to both of us, he said, and with dragon heartstrings from the same dragon, your loyalties to one another will be much admired among your friends. In this moment, we forgot that the healing and enhancing protection promised by the wandmaker was more than just fantasy. It was the magic we were desperate for. For those seven beautiful days, we woke up every morning excited for the adventures of the day. We laughed and swam. We ate too much ice cream and gleefully screamed when the rides turned our stomachs upside down. For Holly, (laughs) the hardest part of the week was finding out she wasn't tall enough to ride the biggest, scariest roller coasters, forgetting that usually the hardest part of each week involved being in a hospital bed, hooked up to an IV. We got home late Sunday night, a Monday morning. We were forced to remember. We left the house in our regular van and drove to the hospital to begin an experimental treatment we had pushed aside to create memories that will last us forever. We never regretted our decision to make Holly's wish come true. Each memory is priceless. So thank you for being here and helping us raise money so that other families can also experience the magic and create the memories from this. This is actually this trip to New York for this waffle breakfast is actually our first full trip together like this as a family again. So it feels really special to be here um, celebrating her and being together as a family and creating more memories, um, and including Holly in those memories because we're here. So thank you.
0: <laughs> that was so beautiful, and um, I wanted to let you know um, after the expense of paying for the waffle truck, we added everything up, and it, it almost—it's it, very strange. It was almost exactly between the people in the room and all the people who called, um, who I'm sure. Many of them just wanted to support. Some of them, let's be honest, wanted that secret phone number, but I was pretty psyched I thought of that. Uh, it was almost exactly $4,000 that the community raised, and I haven't contributed yet. I'm going to personally bump it up to $5,000 to um, make a wish. Thank you. For you. So, thank you. Thanks for trusting <laughs> us. And um, now is what I think will be a very fun thing, ideally, which is we're going to take a whole bunch of calls from people who I imagine are fans of the show, who are going to call up and tell us what the phrase love is everywhere means to them. And my hope is that a lot of them have heard your call and have considered that, and we'll hear all sorts of beautiful takes on that. There is a chance we get some jabronis who want to joke around, and we're just going to have Perfect. to see how Bring you Bring it on. Because I'll also say this. You are clearly a very um, heartfelt person, but you're also a mama bear, and if they poke that beehive, that's on them. I don't <laughs> want to see... Uh, really want to see how that goes. I don't really want to see how it goes. So if you're on the line waiting and you're thinking about screwing around right now, I wouldn't. Not today. It's not the vibe at the bell house uh, right now. So I know you all can hear me on hold. And if you're like, I'm going to prank this Make-A-Wish Foundation fundraiser show, just please hang up. Prank me any other day. Prank me at 4 p.m. today. Do not prank this show, please. And if you do... God bless you. Me and Heidi are going to unleash the fury on you. Um, Okay, I think we have a bunch of callers. Oh, yeah, this is where we'll be able to hear the calls. Very important. Thank you to the staff at the Bell House. Thank you to Jared and Nita. Thank you to Marianne. Oh, look at that. We're (laughs) done. My microphone broke you might hear it. No, no. Well, I'm a professional comedian. I should be able to do this. There we go. Okay. Um, Yeah, the show's back on. Imagine. Can you imagine if that fell out and I was like, I'm screwed. You have to do this all by yourself. I would walk out with you.
2: I'd walk out with you. There is
0: a part of me that feels like that would be so funny. But I was like, "Uh, the wire. There's no way to fix that. Don't leave me, Chris. And then you just saw me in the back just eating a waffle with an evil grin on my face. Can you imagine why would I even bring that up? Anyway, that's yeah, me. Let's go to the <laughs> callers. What does love is What does the phrase "love is everywhere" mean to you, callers? You have three minutes. I've got my phone here with a timer on it, and uh, I want to hear from everybody. So let's say hello to our first caller today, everybody.
3: Hello.
0: Caller, are you there?
3: Hello.
0: Hmm. The truck was late. Hello? callers are late maybe the callers are still online for the waffle truck <laughs> all oh all up. those pranksters they were all <laughs> they all were <laughs> get beeped, and i can't say
3: anything
0: yeah i guess maybe that's not the best thing is to sternly threaten the callers right before <laughs> patching them through um anita any any idea
4: hello it beeped, but I can't Working hear on it. you. on that audio, babe. we're going
0: to patch it through. Probably should have done a sound check. We might have gotten cocky because the rest of the weekend's gone so smooth. But we can just vamp until it happens. Um, so what else?
3: Well, is
0: <laughs> <laughs> what else you been up to? Um, um, I will say, we, I think I mentioned it on stage yesterday. Um, we got dinner. I did a show in Oregon, and we got dinner. Me and you and your husband and your sister. And I'm still mad that you paid for the check. I felt mortified it my was mom hard to do yes. yeah my, mo- really my mom my mom would have been furious <laughs> if she heard that i ever let that happen she'd have been like how could you not pay for that she'd have been like, christopher
3: can you hear me
0: caller hello, hello? welcome yeah. you're the first caller of today's uh of today's very special episode where we're asking you three minutes at a time what does love is everywhere mean to you
3: So I work in clinical research and oncology, so this episode is very pivotal to me.
2: Thank you for the research, clinical research and oncology. Thank you for doing that research. That's what needs to happen.
3: Oh, absolutely. I When I have a bad day, sometimes I pull this up and remind myself why I'm doing it.
0: That's really uh, that's really meaningful. And how's it how's it going? Because it's, it's a hard line of work you're getting into. How are you holding I, up?
3: I've been doing this. I've been doing this 15 years, seven of which were in PEDS, and there are days that are a struggle, and then there are days where we see patients who have a great quality of life for more than a year on an experimental drug. It's, it's hard. There's, there's peaks
0: and there's valleys. How long do careers last in oncology? Are they a little shorter? A than... lot
2: of people quit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. I and mean...
2: you're on the research end of it? Yeah, I, I work for an academic
3: institution, so I definitely don't be I, I definitely don't make what a lot of folks make who move to the pharma side. But I get to see the the patient side of it, and I appreciate that.
0: I mean, I think about quitting my job every day, and I'm a comedian. I can't imagine how often you fantasize about leaving it behind. We
3: we find other we find other things. We find community between ourselves and what we do, and the occasional parent and, you know, I stay in the contact with two parents that I've, I've worked with and sometimes I just randomly text them to say hi because hearing from them brightens my day too. So
0: it's pretty amazing. I mean, to come out of the gate with this call that's very on target. I, I have high hopes for this, how this is going to go. That's, it's amazing that you do that and thank you for everything you do.
3: Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And just know that we think of you often and your family and, you know, we do this to make sure nobody else has to go through what you've gone through.
2: Thank you so much. That means so, yeah, just having been through um, with Holly, the research that they, the clinical trial she was on and seeing that whole world and just how important it is. I have a friend actually right now whose child has rhabdo and that's the type of cancer Holly had and already the things that they are able to use that we didn't have access to because of the research that's been done just in the last five years is amazing. So thank you.
3: I worked on I worked on the Rabdo study, so I definitely understand, and it was good to see my patient come through the other side.
2: Yeah, that's there's not very many people that works with, work with Rabdo, so that's even better. That's pretty special.
0: Wow, that's yep. that's a very small world. I'm glad that you were our first caller to get through. Caller, that's amazing, and and I have to imagine Heidi when you hear because there's doctors that can be. I've got 10 things on my list to do and I've got to get to the next one. And then sometimes you hear from people like this who are like, oh no, we actually stop and think about people all the time. Mm -hmm. And I have to imagine that makes the job harder, but it also must make it so much better on the family side of things.
2: For sure. It means a lot just to know that people care and are doing what they can to help families like ours.
0: All Nothing. right. Caller, thank you so much. I wonder how many uh, people we're, who are actively working in the field on a specific type of cancer are going to get through today. That seems like sort of miracle. That's pretty rare, actually. It is. Let's go ahead and talk to our next caller. Caller, welcome. What does Love is Everywhere mean to you?
5: Hi. Uh, it's great to talk to you both. Um, okay, I'm going to get philosophical, uh, so just bear with me. Um, so the... The kind of philosophy that I've been starting to see and try to live my life by is not just, you know, love is everywhere, but also, like, love is everything. So, like, the universe, okay, let's go step by step. Just stay with me. So, the universe I love it. Is, I
0: love this so much.
5: <laughs> it is unconditional love, right? The whole universe, everything. We are in it. We are the universe experiencing itself, and the universe is unconditional love. So if you start from there, you know, anything that's not unconditional love comes basically from the ego. And if it's not unconditional love, then that means it's not real. And if it's not real, then that means it has, it can't hurt you, you know, and if it can't hurt you, it has no power over you. So the only thing that you need to do is just like completely face the world with unconditional love because that's all that is really is real.
0: Caller, are you? Uh... And so, yeah. Are you someone who pagan, studies sorry. philosophy, or did you just come up with that all on your own?
5: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be completely honest. Um, A psychic told me that. A psychic. <laughs> she I recommended me a few books. <laughs> <laughs> she recommended me a few books called the uh, the course uh, a course in miracles I think it's called where it's exploring this philosophy, and I'm like, you know, I resonate with that, and that's just you know that's the only way to live is just live facing the world coming from a place of love, right? Yeah, and I, I just, love that. Yeah, spread joy and happiness.
2: <laughs> um, Just like questioning so many things, like why did my daughter have to die? There's just so many things in life that don't make sense and that I have grappled with and, and what's next? What's, you know, what, what what comes next? But the one thing I just can always hold on to, like you said, is love that always resonates and feels right. Like just put love out into the world and,
0: and then Absolutely. it comes back to you. So I totally agree. It's beautiful, Color, I have to ask this psychic. Was this just like some storefront psychic who dropped that <laughs> wisdom? Like, no. It's a high end <laughs> well, psychic. Well,
5: uh, I, I want to say high end, more, more maybe authentic, uh, authentically psychic than than a snake oil salesman or what have you. I guess. <laughs> <Okay>.
0: uh,
5: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but I did want to say one other thing, which is yesterday I saw a lady walking by with a really lovely T-shirt, and it said "Love Anyway." And I was like, love yes. that. That's fantastic.
0: Look at that. And what do you. So did the like, psychic predict that too?
5: <laughs> no. <laughs> but she predicted that I would meet the love of my life in April. <laughs> April and I met somebody, and I don't know if they're the love of my life yet. But I did meet someone new, and I'm going to go on another date with them. So that's pretty Hooray, for real. <laughs>
0: so that smart psychic predicted that. So we, <laughs> oh, you need to call back, and we have to have a full hour about that someday because I have to know. That's the greatest cliffhanger! It is. I can't believe how much we squeezed out of three minutes on that. So a psychic has given me awesome. uh, philosophy that breaks down everything you're dealing with, and also I might be in love. Love that. Okay, caller, <laughs> thank you so yeah. much. We're going to keep it rolling. Next caller, you're on the line. What does love is everywhere mean to you?
3: Oh, my God. Hello.
0: Hi. How are you?
3: Good. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well.
3: I'm going to cry. I can't believe that we actually got through. My husband is here with me, and we are ready to
5: answer the question.
0: Okay. Can we turn it up a go little first. bit in the monitor? Oh, I go first. So, hi. So you guys are together, and you're you're going to joint answer. What does "Love Is Everywhere" mean to you?
3: Well, I think our answers are a little bit different. So I'm going to let him go first.
0: Okay.
1: So I didn't know what I was walking into. And my <laughs> answer was definitely not what it should have been. So I've rethought it.
0: <laughs> okay. Great. Um,
1: so love is everywhere. It's kind of like a, kind of like a village thing. You know, like it's a, it's an energy thing. It's a village thing. You, you need people around you to have that love everywhere. If you don't have that people around you, it's a little, a little tougher.
0: Okay. That's a beautiful thought. Let's see what she has to say.
2: Well, but first I I'm to um, say oh, real wait, quick sure. that this pause community.
0: Caller, pause one Hold second. Hold
2: on. Just the community. I agree so much because I feel that right now just in this call with this community too. And yeah. this this beautiful anonymous community has been like a village for us to help us feel that. Okay. Your turn.
0: Okay. <laughs> Caller, let's smoke that you guy. Have you have a better one.
6: And
2: beautiful.
0: Your answers are different. You're going to smoke that guy. What's what's your take on it?
3: Yeah, well, he's never heard the episode. He he listens when I listen. So I'm I'm deep into it. He's he's shallow still.
0: Okay. Um, you sold him out but, so but hard I, on that. I
3: would answer <laughs> Yeah, I do that a lot. I would answer so differently in so many like different places in my life that before I listened to the episode, I think I would have listened so I would have answered like completely differently, but now That was years ago and now I have a daughter and I just imagine like what Heidi feels as a mom and that love like in everything you do and everywhere you go and every person you talk to just like wanting to leave them with the feeling that they are loved and happy and that you did something so enthusiastically that you loved doing it to show your kids like that that is the world that they should want to live in. I think that's what I would
2: say. I love that. That's a beautiful answer.
0: Look at that. You got approval from the caller herself (laughs) on your breakdown of things. And how old is your kid now?
3: Um, She's going to be 11 months old next week.
0: Oh, congratulations. It's also my kid.
3: (laughs) She's also here, but
2: she's sleeping. She's in the
0: back. (laughs) I missed it. What did he say? He said it's also my kid. Oh. (laughs) You wanted to make it clear. Um, I'm the dad. I'm, I'm also here just <laughs> hanging out and doing stuff. Nah, dude, you crushed this call, bro. If you were in front of me <laughs> right great. now, I'd give you a fist bump oh, for real. Um, our time is up. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. As we get the next call ready, I want to say, too, I have always felt a little bad, although I get the sense you don't mind. I do know that when Cal was born, I don't know if you remember this, I did send you a message, and I was like, I keep thinking about your call now in a whole new context and it was it was just like so – it rocked me again. I was like, oh, my goodness. Because I've now realized as a parent, like, all parents become part of this weird unspoken thing where we're all trying to protect each other's kids all the time. Like, every kid you theoretically want to protect once you have your own kid. Whereas before I was a New Yorker who was like, they're mostly annoying to be behind on the sidewalks and the subways. And then all of a sudden I was like, my job is to protect all children at all times. I have all these weird dad instincts I didn't know existed. And it just totally, I, I felt bad because I messaged you and was like, hey, I'm having a lot of trouble um, thinking about this and you were so kind you didn't even writing back I felt like I was bothering you
2: no not at all and just yeah just feeling it differently when you have your own kid and, and oh them, my goodness that's
0: like, yeah. oh my goodness it's uh it was a whole other ball of wax to say the least okay let's get another caller on the line welcome caller what does love is everywhere mean to you
7: hey, so love, uh, love is everywhere to me means uh, my family we're from America but we live in Italy and so being really far away from family can be difficult sometimes but we have never felt more loved by a community than we do living halfway across the globe
0: so you said you're in italy you're halfway across the globe and it makes you feel that yeah. love differently
7: yeah I definitely feel love differently you know being so far away from friends and family that my wife and i grew up with and we have um, two beautiful daughters as well who were born and raised here so our our community has just surrounded us with love in a, in a different way than like the traditional family has, but it's been really cool.
0: How'd you wind up in Italy?
7: Uh, so I, I work here. My wife and I are both English teachers. Wow,
2: it's a beautiful place to you teach know, English. Uh,
7: <laughs> teachers, yeah, yeah. You know, teachers make pretty terrible money everywhere. So if you're gonna make terrible money, you might as well make it where you want
0: to be. Smart, smart, I love guy that. <laughs> if you're gonna be in a, if you're gonna be a teacher, peace out and go someplace. Are like, um, are, are you in a city in Italy, or are you in some like small, far-flung village teaching English, uh, raising your kids in some? Uh, no. Yeah, where, or are you just like next to a train station in Rome, Italy could mean a lot of things.
7: No, so I live in a suburb of Florence. Mm. Wow,
2: that's cool. And yeah, I so love that you not. I love that you founded community across the world, too, where you could find that love. It's cool. You just never know where you'll find, find community and love.
7: Yeah, we actually, with our, our second daughter, um, she had some health complications, and we were told when right before she was born, they were like, okay, she either has cancer or she has a cyst, and that, that's never what you want to hear. But um, immediately, our community just poured out love to us, I think everyone understands we were so far away from our own families, and we really did just feel so cared for and loved. So, yeah, it's been awesome to be here. Yeah, I... and was that an Italian yeah, person? That like you a anonymous has been awesome. What was that? So, yeah, that's actually a guy delivering a pizza. To a, a guy delivering a
0: pizza to a neighbor.
7: So that's true Italy for you.
0: I'm having a little trouble understanding but I really want to know who that Italian guy was.
7: Oh, it's a, it's a guy delivering a pizza to one of my neighbors. Yeah. Like the, tr- the most true you're Italian. You're telling me Sunday right now you're
0: next to a pizza being delivered in Italy as we're here in Brooklyn the pizza capital of New York. And pizzas are being delivered all across the world. I mean if love isn't everywhere pizza certainly is. So we've all learned that. We've all learned that today.
7: Yeah, pizza, yeah. And pizza is a form of love, for sure. I think that's Absolutely. very true. I think
0: that's very true. Thank you, caller. Pizza is a form of love. If that's all we take away from this, then <laughs> it was all worth 100%. it. Then it was all worth it. Um, Perfect. Call, caller, what does the phrase uh, pizza is everywhere mean to you? <laughs> Who's our next caller? Oh, man. It's, um... Let's hang up on that. No. Um, <laughs> next caller, welcome to the show. What does love is everywhere mean to you? hello hi how are you i'm doing pretty well this feels like a um a very chill somewhat solemn but joyous event and i'm glad to be a part of it cool how are you
6: love is everywhere i'm doing all right i've been better but i'm oh, no. be worse okay uh a lot of bad things going on lost my job had a lot of Friends that I thought were friends that bailed on me and and going different directions and trying to figure out which way to go. And it's hard, but to me, if you just keep trying to surround yourself with people, that that some of that love is going to bounce off. Some of that love is going to be there through osmosis even, just by being around people. Because when things go wrong, it's hard to be around people. It's easy to stay home and hide. Does that make sense? Yes, uh, I,
2: yes, I was thinking I remember shortly after Holly died of wanting to do exactly that and how hard it was to walk out the door and that exactly what you said i thought over and over like i have to surround myself surround myself by people that love me to help me through this and so i would force myself to be around people even though it was my skin was crawling you know it was just it was so hard to do and it it was it, oh it's, it, it's healing so yeah yeah
6: because i can just stay in my little house and you know go outside and play with my chickens and do nothing and it's hard to go to town. It's hard when you've had a couple friends that you thought were friends that kind of screw you over in the end. So you feel alone. And, and it's hard, but I just keep thinking, you know, my parents are still with us at 82 and 85 and just celebrated 65 years together. Um, that even when they're not here, that love is everywhere and parts, parts of them will be everywhere. Even after they're
0: gone. Caller, I hear you. I'll I'll tell you, I've had some feelings the past few years with some friends that let me down, too. So I know that loneliness. But I also know that there's times where I've, like, dwelled so hard on why did my friends bail, why haven't they stepped up? And then it'll be, like, the checkout person at a pharmacy will say one thing in passing that they're not even thinking about where I'm like... Oh, that just got me through the day. I was just here like buying peanut m m's and you said something that you didn't even realize was so kind, and it's getting me through the day right now, so I do yeah heavily agree with what you're saying. I try to
6: smile to people because you don't know what kind of day they're having,
0: yeah, that's you know true, you that's just try to
6: say, I say hi to strangers How and ma- people like oh, what's wrong with that girl you know but <laughs> <laughs> I think you're I'm just as foot girl that just likes to say hi to people because i i feel like everybody's so out of touch and And you get so lonely
2: a lot of times when we put the love out there we when we try and do it then it then it comes back if we make those little efforts
0: i think that caller's been cut off because that was a very awkward three minute cut off I was waiting to hear a response. That one was tense and concerning. <laughs> I hope everything's okay. Me too. Next caller. Welcome. What does love is everywhere mean to you?
4: Hey, I think it's me now.
0: <laughs> Hi. Yes, it's you. How are you?
4: Yay, I'm good. It's so great to talk to you. Um, so I, I came up with this random little list of things. I thought I had it all together, and then as I heard people speaking it, it reminded me of so much more. Um, love to me is my boyfriend giving me a back massage when I have period cramps.
0: Okay. That's, that's huge. Major yes. love. I have, <laughs> haven't been through it, but I hear that's a huge thing. Yeah, Huge. Yeah, that's huge. Love. Okay. I, Came in out of the gate I, hard. I love where this is going. <laughs>
2: um...
4: I defended my dissertation a couple of days ago, and i I made this poem like i'm it's on eating disorders, and it's something that I've struggled with personally. So I was trying to come up with the words to to really show what i I wanted to to really teach um with my study. Um, But it came out as, like, this big personal poem that was pretty good, but it wasn't appropriate at all for a dissertation defense. So my sister just took that poem and was able to just translate it into something that I could really present to my professors and to my classmates. And just that she took the time to really parse through my words and help me get to where I wanted to was really meaningful to me. So just like that love and giving of yourself is, is really important to me.
0: That's beautiful. Um, That's the most specific one we've had by far thus far today. Love certainly is, yeah. someone, <laughs> is someone helping you edit and rewrite poetry for a dissertation defense. Is absolutely the most specific one, and I am here for it. What else is on this list? I'm loving your list.
4: Yeah, thanks. (laughs) So another thing is that I I love animals, and I tend to love animals much more than I love myself, and much more easily and unconditionally, Um, especially when it comes to body image. Um, And I realize that, like, when I'm watching the Discovery Channel, I'm not thinking, like, Oh, this elephant is way too big, or like, or this lion has like rolls on its tummy, or, or, or this dog on the street is truly and messy and smelly. And like, I love the dog because they're truly and messy and smelly. I love the lion's rolls. I love the, the big back of the elephant. You know what I mean? And I just think what, like, if I could love myself the way that I love animals, I'd be so much more happier. You know? Wow. Um,
0: Caller, that, that yeah. is three minutes right there, but that is an amazing thought. I had no idea <laughs> someone was going to talk about how you don't apply human body image um, issues to elephants during a Love is Everywhere so waffle true. brunch show. But man, I, Heidi, you're getting this brief glimpse of what my entire life is like with this show. <laughs> Where I just sit down, I'm like, "What do you got?" And they're like, "I have body image issues with elephants." And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, let's roll on that." What's the next one? Okay, you're in Italy. Pizza being delivered in Italy—that's a lot. Is a little on the nose, but it's real, so we'll allow it. <laughs> Which brings us to our next call. What's this about to be? Hello, caller. Hi,
8: I'm. I'm glad you've got me laughing a little bit because I'm afraid uh, that I might get weepy here. Um love is everywhere. I mean, Heidi and Holly embody that phrase, you know, you guys gave us that phrase and it may have a different meaning before, but, uh, it's something that I think about daily. And I think about kind of uh, Heidi, how brave you have been to share so much about your story and how supportive your family has been. Um, and you've given us this journey, uh, And Chris helped facilitate that, but it's, Holly is someone I think about every day. Um, You know, you and Holly are the reason why I got certified as a pet therapy team with my dog to go visit children with cancer, because I want to be able to give people a few minutes that just, like you said, are able to make you think about something else. Don't feel sick. Here, pet my dog for a little bit. And I don't think I would have done that without this call and without your story. Um, I also have tried to support through the different fundraising efforts that you guys have put together. Um, In March of 2021, I bid on a quilt. And I won a quilt. And that quilt was on the bed in my guest bedroom. And in uh, August of 2021, I decided to go back to school for my doctorate. What you and saying? I pulled that quilt off the bed and well, and well, <laughs> engineering. <laughs> uh, but while I would take classes on Saturday, I would pull that quilt off the bed and I would have it in my lap. And it was sort of like when things got hard and when coursework was challenging and now working on dissertation stuff, having that quilt there and it being tied to you and Holly makes me realize that I can get through this. Uh, I'm given this opportunity and I'm going to do the best that I can with it because your little girl didn't get a chance to do that. And I feel like if I can carry her with me a little bit through this process, that's doing an honor to you as you have so honored your child. You're sharing her with us.
2: Wow. Thank you so much for calling in and for sharing that and just keeping part of Holly alive. It's, it's amazing to me how she feels so alive because other people know her and tell her story and take a piece of her with her. And for bringing dogs to the hospital, that was when Holly had a pet therapy dog named Bear who would come almost every time we came and he brought so much joy to her. So you you have no idea how impactful that is to kids with cancer. So thank you for your
0: kind words and for doing that work. This is what's amazing about you though. I'm sitting here like crying and you're not, you're somehow able to just be like, cool, so let's chat about that. And yeah, and you were the one who was nervous and I'm sitting here like, so you got certified with the dog? Like I'm like actively crying. <laughs> call it. thank you. I just feel
2: you. so happy that you're sharing. And it. We should
0: explain too with the um, the quilts. There, you know, the shirt I'm wearing. You guys have. There's been a bunch of fundraising you've done, and I know that the quilts were part of that. And how cool! That's so cool to talk to someone who actually won one. That's
2: amazing. Yes, yeah, making so cool. life choices I, yes. based
0: on your phone call. Amazing.
2: Thank you. Thank you for being part all along. Too, but that's so. the
0: part that I've never understood since the first time you and I spoke. There were times where. Every time we speak where I'm like, I don't understand how you're doing this because I'm hearing like the smallest details and I'm breaking down and you lived it. And I I still am amazed at your strength. I don't get it. Thank you. I I know I've said this (laughs) a million times, but I don't get it because as soon as she was like, I got certified for dogs. I was like, oh, uh, uh, (laughs) oh, oh."
2: I've had a lot of a lot of love, a lot of support. And yeah.
0: It's really incredible. That one got me. That was the most direct reaction. <laughs> that was the most direct reaction to the call.
2: Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, what a neat...
0: That's so cool. Just a little therapy dog out there. I wonder what it takes to get certified as a therapy dog. Do you have any idea?
2: <laughs> I don't, but it's... You would have no idea how cool it is when those dogs show up in a hospital room. Really? It's the best. Yes. All I think we had it like the first couple days we were in the hospital and it just... It makes all the difference. So I love that people are out do- and I didn't know people did that kind of stuff yeah. until we were there. And then I felt so grateful to the people that have therapy dogs. It's amazing.
0: Oh, that phrase! As soon as I heard that, I said, "Whoa, this my I'm just going to be sitting on stage choking up." Okay, next caller. Let's see, because we don't know where it's going to go, right? It could be Pizza Man in Italy. It could be you personally inspired <laughs> me to bring my dog to get certified. So cool. Who know. knows where it's going to land? We'll all find out together. Caller, what's up? I'm also waiting for some dude to be like yo bro how's it going i feel like we're gonna get one of those before the end of this show let's hear it maybe it'll be this caller hello caller welcome to the welcome to the show
4: yo bro how's it going
0: (laughs) (laughs) well done i set it up you knock it down
9: i do what i can you know um hi very excited to be here um it's so funny that this specific question is the topic because genuinely, like an hour ago, I, for the first time in my entire life, realized what it truly means to love yourself. And so I've kind of just been like sitting with this new feeling and to, to like to see you tweet and go, what does love mean? Love is everywhere. It means you. Oof, I'm stuttering. Um, it like made me laugh. But um, right. I have a lot of thoughts. So real quick, here's my cheesy little soapbox. Love really is everywhere. You know, love is kind of like implicit in our capacity to empathize and care for one another as Um Love is there when you open the door for somebody. Love is there when you let people into traffic. It's in the little things that we do for others, but also the little things that we do for ourselves. Like when you brush your teeth before bed, it's there. But it's also there when you don't, and you think, man, I should brush my teeth. You know, it's a sign that you still care for yourself. Um, I live in Boston, right? And it's incredibly beautiful out right now, which means that everybody is outside enjoying the weather, and the vibe out there is just great. Uh, yesterday I was laying in the park and a male person walked up to the mailbox nearby and someone's tiny little dog ran up to him and he opened his bag, pulled out a treat and gave it to the dog. And it was such a like small but beautiful thing to witness. Like love really is everywhere and it comes out in the littlest moments.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like this show, if every caller was like, I just learned to love myself an hour ago and now we're on the phone, (laughs) we'd always have this beautiful energy. You have a beautiful energy popping off right right now.
2: And I love that Thank you you. Rec- really, you recognize that little moment of love. I think that makes a big difference too. And we see those things, and then we recognize them. That it's so cool that that person helped that other person, and and we just recognize the magic of that. It just it makes the world so much more beautiful.
9: It really does. I'm like really riding this high of like loving myself for the first time. So it's almost like exciting that I'm having this opportunity to process it and like apply it. You know.
0: Love that. color. I also have to say, I greatly identify with the true joy of just not all the time, but once in a while, just going, I'm heading straight to bed and I am not brushing my teeth. (laughs) I'd say for me, that's probably once every two weeks or so. I'm just like, uh, especially if I'm like, if I'm, if, you know, if Hallie's out of town or if I'm out of town, I'm like, uh, I'm not even going to stink it up. My wife doesn't have to. I think I might just hit the sack without brushing the old teeth. And it feels like a weird little secret luxury. And I'm. I'm completely into the idea that you brought that up. It's awesome.
9: Yeah, I did that last night. I went to bed. I was like, I'm not, tonight's not the night, you know? And I woke up and I said, that's fine. And I brushed my teeth. Life goes on.
0: I, love, I, I, I like in my mind thinking that you didn't brush your teeth and that that was the snowball that ran down a hill that led to uh, this level of self-acceptance, self-love that led to your call today and especially that adorable story about a friendly mailman who got along with a dog because historically mailmen and dogs are bitter enemies. So to hear that up in Boston, <laughs> that war has closed and that those rifts are healing, I'm feeling really good about that because we all know that the sitcom is that the mailman fears the dog and the dog tries to get the mailman. So I'm so glad you got to see that because that's so deep.
9: <laughs> it was definitely a sweet little thing.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for calling, bro. Uh, okay. Let's go ahead. Let's get to our next call. Welcome to the show. What does love is everywhere mean to you, caller?
10: Hi, is this Chris and Heidi?
0: Sure is. Look at that. You got your I first. I this Heidi I love it. Yeah. <laughs>
10: hi it's so great to talk to you and both both of you and um thank you so much Heidi for sharing your story with the world and everyone it it really it touched me and I know it touched a lot of a lot of people um and really what made us rethink love and also honestly think about our lives and how much we need to start loving other people as much too because we don't really know what everyone else is going through um and I guess Honestly, the love is everywhere. It made me think of. Um, I'm actually epileptic, and to me, I constantly live with the idea that fear is everywhere, or that a seizure trigger is always around the corner, and that's everywhere. And I always kind of like lived in a constant state of fear of my next, you know, seizure that will happen in public. And um, as a matter of fact, recently I've had a lot more happen. And they've happened in front of other people. And as much as that makes it often sometimes worse and scarier and more hazardous, more people now know of my condition, I guess, and have really been shown love to me and helped me. And so to me, when I think love is everywhere, I think everywhere that fear exists or even hate, um, love has to exist, too, because where if some there is a capacity for one feeling there's always a capacity for that other feeling and for those actions of love as well
2: wow I just thinking about your I I think i experienced that same thing with Holly where we had such a it was so hard and the amount of love that we felt was even greater than before and I feel that from you too that you you live a difficult very difficult life and because of that you also see you feel that hard but then then that love is even sweeter and more beautiful and I'm so glad you shared with us
10: Thank you. And thank you so much, of course, for, for sharing your story. I mean, of course, what I deal with on a daily basis is absolutely, you know, nothing compared to what you and Holly and your whole family has been through. Um, and it, your story just makes me think of all the times that I received love and how much every day I just need to put it out more into the world more so. Because you never know what that person next to you is going through. Ninety nine percent of the time you don't. Even when you you know you ask someone how are you, they usually answer fine. And you never know what someone else is going through. So, just it it was just a good reminder of me to know to show and share my love with everyone. And it it really makes me also think about my own life and how I really shouldn't complain as well.
0: Caller, thank you so much. That one got deep. I mean, I think certainly there is a lot. Uh, you know, um a lot of people heard that call and went, I have to let my complaints be as simple as they are, you know? And it's funny, too, because I was thinking, for me, I was like, what would I say if you asked me what love is everywhere has meant to me? And it's similar in a way to what that caller just brought up, this idea that... You know, their life is dominated by this, by this idea of fear is everywhere. I've thought of that, too, of, like, when I think of that phrase, love is everywhere, whether it's, like, because I'm wearing the shirt or it's on my mind or whatever. It comes up in the laundry every time. And I'm like, huh, stop and think about it. But I'm like, this idea that... um it replaces these other more negative things is, is I feel like very on point. And I've had that in my life where I'm so driven by anxiety and all these fears that are theoretical about am I doing enough? Am I providing enough? Am I working hard enough? All this stuff. And every time I fall into that now, I, I do find myself going, there is something simpler right in front of me that I'm missing right now because I'm worried about something else that's not even right here. Like there's something... I could walk out my front door and see something or look at something or see something that's a part of nature or notice something that Cal's doing or connect with Hallie in some way. And I'm not doing it because my head is living in this other place that for me is my type of fear and for yours is driven by a medical condition caller. But I sit there, I go, for me, that's had a similar thing of like, oh, right, you can replace some of these dark things in your life with this idea of like there is something simple and lovely close to you right now. I've had a similar, I've had a similar reaction to the phrase.
2: And I think that it, it just makes me go back to when this phrase first came into existence in Holly's life. And it's so wild to me right now that all these people are calling in from all over, um, talking about what that phrase means to them. But it, her writing it on the whiteboard came out of the exact same moment. I mean, this little girl had just been diagnosed with cancer two days before and there was this awful horrendous list of things she had to do on the whiteboard and she focused on love and then continued to focus on love in that and and it was because of that hard thing that then she felt that love in that deeper way so um that's where it first came from was that that kind of a moment too and now and now look at the power of that so
0: yeah Pretty crazy stuff. I'm sort of blown away. Let's see what this next caller has to say. Caller, welcome. We've got time for just a few more. Hey. Hi. I like your energy already. Great. Well,
11: I've been thinking this whole time about how much I want pizza, and I want to surround myself with pictures of chubby elephants. (laughs)
0: they're happy things this is i'm glad mission accomplished this is why you traveled across the country and why we raised all this money was to remind you that pizza is good and elephants are cute
11: amen to that um so i was thinking how um love is everywhere is we we see a lot of good deeds that people that people do um that we that we witness that we experience in our own lives um and uh, a lot of that is shown in how we treat each other. And we can recognize the good in others. Um, a lot of times people say um, the, the phrase, like, God is love. And that has always really bothered me because um, it kind of, it goes along with the, um, I can share the love of God and the word of God by doing good things and serving others. And while I'm a very religious person, I feel like, by saying these things, it implies that Christians or a specific sect of Christianity um, is that those are the only good people, and I fundamentally disagree with that sentiment um, because it, first of all, it's just I- exclusive, and I don't like that. But also, it implies that love isn't everywhere, and I don't want to live in a world like that because love isn't exclusive.
0: Wow i didn't see uh, I didn't see a socio a religious. Line in the and being drawn during the course of this call, but I like what you're. Yeah, love is everywhere. That's true for Buddhists too. That's true for everybody. Um, yeah. So I hear you, caller. I I do agree with what you're saying. Yeah.
11: I was actually pretty nervous to say this because I mean, religion hasn't exactly been mentioned, but um, I I have a complicated relationship with religion, um, but. In a place of loving everyone else, and I've just been around so many people of my own faith that will imply that you know atheists are X, Y, and Z, and I'm thinking, no, that's so awful. You get like there are such there's such goodness everywhere in every country, in, in, every type of person.
0: Well, I certainly agree with it myself. And as someone who has a complicated religion with a complicated relationship with my my Catholic past, I'm glad to hear that you think love extends uh, to people like me as well. (laughs)
2: Of course, and just of that, course. I think that phrase "God is love." I mean, I I think people throughout all time have felt we feel love and we want to give it. It, it feels I feel like there's a magic to love, and so we give it a name like God mm-hmm. or whatever. But it it really just is that power of love that we've all felt and tried to explain it in so many different ways. So, I I love what you amen said. Amen that. that.
0: Look, ending on amen to, after, after, <laughs> after being that. like religion is muddling these waters, and I feel necessary to call it out. <laughs> Amen. That's kind of a pretty badass way <laughs> Great. to just dunk at the end of that particular point you wanted to make. Like, let us I just want to be clear about this, Chris. I have some complications with religious overtones to this, and let me now steal your catchphrase, religion, and I'm out. I love that. Well done. Uh, okay, next caller. Welcome to the show. What shall we talk about next?
12: Oh, um, is it me?
0: Yes, it's you. Hi.
12: Oh, oh my gosh. Hello, um, I wanted to talk when it comes to love. I wanna take us back thousands of years ago to someone called Burial Nine. So, um he whoa. had when
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry I missed that. Burial nine. Taking us back thousands um, of years I wanna
12: take us Yes. To a skeleton that archaeologists found called okay. Burial Nine. A skeleton? He had a genetic disease. Is my audio okay? I'm sorry. Um um, but he had a genetic disease that um basically made him paralyzed. But the interesting about his life was that he was loved, and that in the sense that people took care of him despite everything, you know how you know how different life was thousands of years ago. so people to the day he was born to the day that he was died, he was loved. And people took care of him, even though he was paralyzed from the waist down. Because everyone talks about survival of the fittest. But the past wasn't always about survival of the fittest. The past was people still cared about each other. And people loved each other. There was another girl 4,000 years ago in, like, I think Arabia. And um, she she had, like, polio or some variation of that. But when archaeologists found her, they noticed one interesting detail. That her teeth had cavities. And that's because people around her loved her so much that they fed her sweet dates like I don't know I think that's all sorts of amazing and I think that's essentially love and love is community care and that community care has been with us for thousands of years and I think we shouldn't forget that
0: caller I added a little extra time because I interrupted you so much at the beginning and threw you off so I added a little extra time and I do have to know how you know so much about (laughs) archaeology
12: Um, I fell into a rabbit hole reading the caregiver tag on NPR, (laughs) and it introduced me to Burial 9, and then I started looking into other skeletons. (laughs) I love that you
2: you brought this up. We just took our kids to the Natural History Museum while we're here in New York, and we (laughs) talked about this very thing from some, just some things where, and I can't remember, I wish my kids could explain it better, but how they saw there was a some volcano that was coming and this, this, somebody picked up a child and walked with that <laughs> child. And it was this, This uh, they can show that people they loved and cared for each other way back then. So we were just having this discussion. So cool.
0: Call. Yeah. And again, it's just, I'm sorry um, I interrupted so much in the beginning, but I could not fathom that you were saying that they had, that you were talking about skeletons. No, it blindsided me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I love it.
12: Just, uh, yes, um, but... Um, I made a little list of other things. I also believe love is cut fruit. I think cut fruit is a beautiful example of love. Peeling an orange for someone you love. Cutting apple slices. Um, I used to think that gifts as a love language was silly for me, but then I realized when people send you things like a silly meme or a picture like that's also love that's a gift and that's a little treasure or they send you like, I don't know. My dad sends me like weather reports or news reports and I'm like, Oh, this is so lame. But like, that's love, you know, or my mom would send me something.
0: (laughs) I love that,
12: like that.
0: caller. You're way over. T- I let for some reason, that one was so delightful to me that hearing you talk about cut fruit. <laughs> I was like, we're going to let this one ride past <laughs> the three minutes. Something joyous. But but I know what you mean. You want to hear something that I've never told anyone, not even my wife. You can't wait. So there's a plant nursery near our house. And my mom once got us a gift certificate to that plant nursery. And um, it was a very nice thing. And we went and bought some stuff. And now my mom's on their email list. And every time the plant nursery near us emails my mom, she forwards the email to me about, like, what's on sale at the plant nursery. And every time I see them, I'm like, oh, mom, like, you don't quite know what email's for. But I keep all of them. I keep all of them. And, like, when my mom passes, for some reason I know this is going to mean so much to me that she's sending me all these emails that are like, so this spring we got a 15% sale on rhododendrons. Like, she sends them to me once every two weeks like once a week and i keep them all i don't delete any of them
2: that's a beautiful expression of love (laughs) that is
0: my that is my version of of finding it okay i think we can do one more let's do one more see how it goes and we'll either end on this one or we'll keep going which is a very vague thing to say because that's just sort of how time works (laughs) like i just sort of explained how time goes like we'll either do one or then other things will happen after that which is literally just how time goes uh, but point being, we're nearing the end. So if you're on hold and you're listening, um, we, would, we wish we could get everybody through, um, but we're only going to be able to get one, maybe two, because two is the number that's after one. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> two. But I doubt three, which is the number after two. So let's get to our next caller. Caller, welcome to the show. Hello. Okay. Let's try the next one. Hello.
1: Hey. How are well, you? How's it going? I am excellent. That's and great. And I time. really uh, appreciate this conversation. I appreciate all the, the sharing that's happened so far. It's been, um, I mean, some have been okay, but a bunch of them are pretty great. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and and uh, you mentioned Buddhism a little earlier. I am a Buddhist teacher. And uh, it's been my practice and it's been my goal to cultivate a boundless heart of loving kindness for all beings. That's something the that Buddha taught 2,600 years ago. And so uh, is love all around? Yeah. If I open my eyes, if I if I open my heart up, if I see that every single person on, and animal and every being on this earth, We all share so many of the same qualities. We all want to feel seen and heard and we want to feel cared for. And, you know, we want to be sheltered and have food and all these things connect us to each other. And why not love everyone? It's absolutely possible. I think it's our birthright. And I didn't grow up that way. You know, I grew up feeling judgment and and criticism for everything I did and said. And I spread that around everybody else. And I've been able to work on myself. It's an inside-out job. And I've been able to love myself first and then be able to spread that around and love everybody else. And it's just so much easier life to do that.
0: I think this was meant to be our last call, the sort of stoner-sounding Buddhism teacher. (laughs) Do you
1: get that a lot? (laughs) I I am in Los Angeles, so... (laughs) <laughs>
0: say no more a Southern California teacher of Buddhism who calls up and breaks it all down to us I think that that's an amazing thing how did you feel hearing that there was a caller who called before who said she learned to love herself one hour ago that must have made you happy on hold
1: yeah that was beautiful that that one really rang my bell for sure
2: and I love that you that phrase that it's just easier to love love ourselves, love other people it just makes life easier just to love a little more
0: How does, how will I, should I get into Buddhism? Should I make this happen? I've thought about it.
1: It, I mean, you know, we're not evangelical, if you want to,
0: sure. (laughs) I'm not going to force it down your throat, though. (laughs) I love that you giggled and chuckled throughout that, of like, sure. I I looked into Buddhist temples when I lived in Queens, but um, most of the ones in my neighborhood, their services were in Thai, because there was a lot of people from Thailand who lived near me. And I said, I don't know if that's the best way in.
1: You know what? Look up Josh Korda, Dharma Punks, and he teaches around the city. And and Sharon Salzberg teaches in New York City. Both
0: of those are amazing teachers. All right. I'll look it up. And they're fun. I love your vibe, man. Wait, what do you do? Are you a professional Buddhism teacher, or do you have a day gig on top of that?
1: Uh, I work in the cannabis industry. (laughs) (laughs) You said, I want to make sure I heard sober, you clearly. You said I'm sober, I'm sober, cannabis really industry, outside. right? I work in the cannabis industry and I teach Buddhism. And I, and I work uh, in sobriety pretty heavily
0: with others as well. This is the call to end on, I believe, Heidi, right? Sounds, How do you sounds know, perfect. For, you've reached far and wide from people who are currently struggling to people who have playful takes on it to people who have heard your call and have started volunteering at hospitals with their dogs to straight up Buddhist teachers who grow weed. They're all affected by your message. How are you feeling right now?
2: Amazing. I That's think this community awesome. is amazing. Thank and, you so much yes.
0: for doing this. Thank I know you. that I dragged you into I it, but it. it means so much to have you up here. Heidi Bruno, everybody. Love is Thank everywhere. I'm so happy to. I'm so happy that we'll be able to donate five grand to Make-A-Wish Oregon, and uh, I, I thank you for being such a big part of things and everything you do. And yeah, we're gonna. I don't even think we're gonna clear the space. I think I've been told you can just hang out if you want to stay for the next show. I think. uh, someone yell at me Uh, someone will come and say something else if I'm saying something wrong there but um, thank you guys so much we got one more call after this don't know how it's gonna go I'm gonna run back and put up the call prompt for that one but Heidi I can't thank you enough I meant every word I said it really it really did rearrange so many of my priorities when we talked and I feel so lucky that we get to catch up as often as we do
2: thanks Chris and thanks to this community you're amazing